What a way to open up the show, huh? Hola, hola. <laughs> did we? Did you guys do a sound check with Richard? Check, check, check. There we go. There you go. No, like he heard himself and everything <coughs> yeah, was good. Yeah, oh, I'm in Yeah. Uh, it's not Monday today. It's Thursday today. So happy Thursday to everybody. Um, Taco Thursday. <laughs> Taco Thursday. Taco Thursday today. Uh, we have a special show, and I want to thank Richard for... Uh, taking time out of his Thursday to actually be with us. You were supposed to be with us on Monday, but, you know, some stuff happened, and I um, hope all is well as far as the family emergency and everything. But uh, I thank you for taking time out of your Thursday to be with us. Um, for those of you that uh, don't follow Richard, uh, he's been quite popular on Instagram <laughs> recently, um, going live with multiple people, talking about geopolitics, and that's, you know, that's his specialty, actually. He's a geopolitics specialist. Uh, Richard Elmoyan is here with us. Live with the Wise Nuts, um, Richard. Thanks, man, for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's a wonderful time. Yeah, and well, wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting time. I I would say uh, on Monday with the guys, we were we were debating. We're like, should we do a show? Should we not do a show? Should we just wait until Thursday? But it was such an emotional day that we decided to just kind of sit down, the three of us, go live on social media and kind of just yeah. vent, man. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's kind of what it was. I mean, some people took offense to it, you know. We're not geopoliticians, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. it was more of just like kind of us talking to each other, talking to our listeners and kind of literally that's what it was, venting to venting to them. But, you know, you, lo- you know, I think you know a lot more than the three of us combined as far as what, what is going on. And um, where, where can we start? Where do you guys want to start? Do you guys want to start from when this all began or current events because can we start from history <clears throat> uh, i'm down can we start from the first time the turks and the russians did this to the same thing to us before i mean w- w- we can we can even talk about how russia has had an interest in this whole region forever and the way the, the russian the way that the russians um govern their land is is that they like providing autonomy to the areas that are pretty far away so Armenia, in this case, we can see, you know, we can go back into the 1920s if we want. But if we were to say clear cut, in 2018, it got a little too much autonomy. And the Russians needed to bring it back to its leash. And and you're talking about the Re- Velvet Revolution. We're, we're talking about the Velvet Revolution. Okay. It, you know, and I'm not, this is not an, uh, a more of an opinion. It's more of how the international stage is set for Armenia. Because Armenia needs to be pretty reliant on someone if it doesn't have shipping access and it doesn't provide a corridor of transportation when 80% close close to 70% of its land is like if, if transnational borders are closed yeah. Turkey no access Azerbaijan no access which you have Nakhchivan on the other side so essentially 90% of your western if not actually 100% of its your borders, borders of its west shut, yeah. is closed so Armenia has little room to negotiate and when there's a circumstance like this where you have Azerbaijan that has been militarizing from 2005 all the way until 2019, $825 million worth of Israeli weapons, which are the majority drones that we saw, unfortunately take over our soldiers, it's, it leaves Armenia little room when it has been um, diversifying its relations. It overthrows Ser Sarkisyan, who is essentially a disciple of the Robert Kochanian regime, and the Robert Kochanian regime is essentially heavily pro-Russia, heavily nationalist, and heavily defense background. 
So when you got a new guy like Nicole Pashinyan coming in, who was a journalist that was protesting in favor of Levante Petros in 2008 right next to me, he in is favor? A, I'm sorry? You said you were next to him in 2008? N Nicole Pashinyan that was favoring um, Levante. Le Levante Petrosan's second time coming around. He was, Levante Petrosan was trying to come back, and he had the majority popular vote, but then you see a landslide victory on Sersak's uh, on side. So the protest was about making sure that our voices were heard, but it wasn't. And on Marti Mek, we saw what happened. So was the was the election rigged basically? Essentially, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's not like Levon didn't rig his first election. Oh, definitely. Either. I mean, so it's it's it's, 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 it's common in post-Soviet. Yeah, it's it's common in post-Soviet countries. I mean, Belarus, Ukraine for a long time, Kazakhstan for still. I mean, they renamed their city to their like twenty-year-old president's name. Are you serious? They named it Nur Sultan. <laughs> they they changed it. They're like, nope, change of name. Our old president was was cool, so. What I'm trying to say is it wasn't a surprise to me of, of what happened here based off of how history has panned out. Russia has always given enough Armenia to feel thankful for, but at the same time, like, really, man, you really sold it, you know? Like, 20s, Stalin gave Nagorno-Karabakh autonomy, but he passed it over to the Azeris. Got autonomy, which created a situation for later to come back and discuss, and then 90. Four helps out Armenia take on and actually win the war. Ceasefire, 94. Mm -hmm. Azerbaijan starts militarizing. Armenia doesn't go to the next level of militarization it needed. Under, are, why not? You can look at the GDP numbers. No, where did that money go? Why didn't they use it for the military? I mean, Robert Kocharyan. Oh. Who are we? I mean, are, are we, are, who are we kidding? I'm going to look at the camera for this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the elephant in the room. But you know, but see, you know what confuses me about this is <clears throat> Artsakh is not recognized as a part of Armenia, correct? No, it's not. Nagorno-Karabakh is not part of Armenia, correct? No. Robert Kocharyan was born in Nagorno-Karabakh. Yes. How can somebody who's born in Nagorno-Karabakh that is not part of Armenia become an Armenian president? And that is the paradox of Artsakh. That's why I really like that people understand what Artsakh... My followers at this point, they're my students. I love them. And at this point... They understand that Artsakh is not Armenia. Artsakh is its own sovereign state that is not recognized by probably the majority of this world other than like South Ossetia and Abkhazia. So, which are not recognized. Which Abkhazia is somewhat recognized by Venezuela and Syria, which is, which is, not recognized. Which is Russia's babies, <laughs> essentially, as well. But which is not recognized, I hope this. Um, but Artsakh in itself. It's been self-governing since 1991 based off of the law of secession, which was in 1990, which was the Soviet Union's way of basically providing the door to the outside world. But they said, this is the circumstances. Basically, oblasts, which is basically autonomous oblast, Nagorno-Karabakh, right? N-K-A-O. Yes. They declared self you know, uh, independence in 1991, same year Armenia and Azerbaijan did. The problem is, that when we look at the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, we don't look at that. We look, we look at international law because Azerbaijan has, you know, independence, claimed that that's its land. Armenia didn't claim that land because it, it was still being, um, sorry, I should go closer, because it was still being determined because of the war. Because the war continued in 91 and ended in 94. By then, you've already decided your international borders. 
So now the issue is the law of secession is not brought up by neither side, which I am pretty shocked because the law of secession allows an oblast and a union member, meaning Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Nagorno-Karabakh can declare um, independence under law because if an oblast has a significant proportion of amount of ethnic my, uh, ethnic majority that mm-hmm. wants to secede, it doesn't need to get Azerbaijan's okay. So Azerbaijan, before declaring independence, it abolishes Nagorno-Karabakh's autonomy and then redraws the borders on their end, submits it to the UN. Boom. Everyone recognizes it. Armenia doesn't claim those lands because it wants it to be self-determining because they know they couldn't win that war international context because the OSCE Minsk Group has France, Russia, and U.S. So we're in this debacle now where Russia is guarding the borders. We're, not, we're no longer guarding the borders, which actually takes, up a lot of, takes out a lot of our effort in military. So I'm going to be very interested to see how our defense forms now because a lot of our defense was in Karabakh. Yeah. I know at least two cousins that Tarel in Karabakh. So, you know, Nagorno-Karabakh at this point is almost like, again, under Russian control. Like we had it in the only, 1800s. Only Nagorno-Karabakh or is Armenia under Russian control? I mean, Armenia at this point is, I, I, like, I like that question. I mean, at this point, it puts Pashinyan in a very difficult position because it goes against what, he, what his foundation was, right? He got the old guys now trying to claim to power. He also was dealt cards that were very difficult. You don't think this was drawn up for failure with Nikol, or he wasn't the fall guy they wanted to use? I, I think... Because the way Nik- I think, all four of them are on the same team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the reason why I say this is because, in my study, we, we understand that corruption can take place, but at the end of the day, other countries have separate corrupt leaders that probably cannot see eye to eye on a lot of things. So I'm assuming, in my argument, that the guy, these guys are not all connected, and the reason why I want to say that is because Nikol Pashinyan didn't seem like a person that could sell out on the long run. Because at one point, Pashinyan goes against the Levontel Petrosian prodigy mentality. And you can see that in his foreign policy. His foreign policy is vast different than what the Kochanians would do. He diversified it to the Western world, which is a big no-no in Kochanian's book. I can see this coup that's coming up from a more, a little different, I would say it's local, Trying to feed off of what the you know Kocharan Levantel Petrosian are currently trying to do, which is trying to withdraw Pashinyan, dethrone, yeah. dethrone, yeah. So I don't see the reason how Pashinyan could be connected to Kocharan, and <clears throat> you know the argument on the Armenian, um, I, I, I don't know, what, Armenian Twitter, I guess, is well, then why didn't Pashinyan throw Kocharan in jail immediately? I think the problem with Pashinyan in this neck of the woods, which is the most difficult region to exist alone, you have Turks on one side, Iran below, and then doesn't give a shit. Oh, sorry, doesn't give a crap. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah curse. there's no curse in Armenian. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, English, no, no. you can it's say whatever you yeah. want. But essentially, a very non caring above state, Georgia. So it's a tough neighborhood to begin with. And I think the Pashinyan regime is just simply too. Western, if and you know, and just simply to buy the book. Do you think he'll stay Western? Now it's hard. Now he has to stay pro Russia. Do you which, think he understands that Europe and America that he thought were gonna come and boost? Him, oh no, I think that's where he miscalculated. I think he miscalculated because his foreign policy just simply looks like a utopian kind. Like, 
What foreign policy? Well, we haven't had foreign policy since day one. Mm. Foreign policy is lacking. That, but that's the thing. I think it needs tweaking. It needs significant no, tweaking in diplomacy. No, it needs a revamp in diplomacy. Revamp. Oh, yeah. I mean, it needs tweaking on a massive level. Don't get me wrong. You have enough infrastructure that just got blown up in Nagorno-Karabakh. We know it's going to be very hard. They just need strong leadership in diplomacy while maintaining domestic affairs transparent. You know what I mean? Domestic affairs transparent. In that neck of the woods, how do you imagine that? Every, do you understand that Russia can see everything in Yerevan better than you can while you're standing in Yerevan? I do understand this. Try to become your own country now. I mean, here's the thing, dude. The worst part of this entire war is basically that the money that's been sent to Armenia, whether it's through the mm-hmm. diaspora, through foreign aid, all that stuff, it was all eaten. Mm-hmm. Our military was, what were we fighting with? We were basically fighting with old Soviet AKs, tanks, no drone, no air force, Don't nothing like that. that. Don't say that. What we do you did, mean? We did not disclose the majority of that information. We had drones, maybe not to that volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had good programs, yet underfinanced, which you said, majority of that money yeah. was taken by all four of them. Because in the beginning, here's the thing, in the, in the first couple of weeks, I was reading articles and I was reading tweets and all these things as far as from, you know, obviously different people in Armenia that, you know, they were being attacked and were shooting back and they're being pushed back. And then probably until maybe last week, those tweets and those, that news stopped. And it was basically, there was no more, they're shooting at us and we're pushing them back. It was more just dead silence as far as... Um, you know, there's it no. Like there's, it was just Shushi we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then and then you hear Shushi, and then you hear. And I saw Nikol Pashinyan's last tweet, which was the war in Shushi continues, and that was it. It was basically within a couple of what hours, it was done. I mean, what what do you think happened there? And and that's and that's why I believe he's not in on it. I think they literally just brought it upon them, which is true. I mean, Armenia is very very de- dependent on Russia. But Russia needs to also understand that at this point, they're, they got to change their aggressive tone. And that's what they see in Belarus currently. What they're seeing in Belarus is that the people are still not going away. And that Lukashenko, you can't go all in on Lukashenko. You have to go on another guy that is similar to Lukashenko. And it's not like completely going all in on one guy. So that's why I see that Russia puts Pashinyan in a position like this because he's not a part of the circle. I really, I really think he's not a part of the circle, and therefore they're trying to kick him out under their own terms because Armenians will never accept this agreement. Well, I disagree with that. I personally yeah. disagree with that. I feel like all of them, even Nicole, was part of this whole plan. And I, you, you mentioned 2008. Mm-hmm. Remember, was that a year Levon said that I dare anyone not to give that lands back? I think those were, that was the same year, 2007 I, and eight. I can't remember, probably. And we all know till today, when Levon, uh, Nico went into power, who's the first person he went to see in private? Levon. True? Yeah. Why? Prodigy. Definitely. So if he's that prodigy, and we all know Levon brought in Serge and Robert, mm-hmm. personally, handpicked yep. those. Yep. Right? This is true. This is the same deal. So they always were looking for that fall guy. Yeah, but now, you look at the setup, Ed. It's so, Rob, it's Robert so coming back. Though. Robert coming back from Russia. Robert uh, Kocharyan coming back and willing to go to jail was part of this game. 
And this is the way they wanted to bring Robert Kocharian back into power. This is my opinion. Hmm? No, humble opinion. I have, don't have education in this. This is my humble opinion. Everyone Believe it or not, it's it. not only your opinion. There's multiple There's people many. I've spoken no, to this is very that fair. say the exact same thing he says. He says, everybody was in on it. This was, an, this was all a setup. And then, but then you look at the timing of it. He's been in power for two years, and then this all breaks on his back. It's and perfect then, timing, bro. Yeah, and then, and, then the, and then the coup that happens. What about that? 3,000 guys show up out of nowhere, and they basically just yeah. start destroying the parliament. Do you really yeah, think that, that was, was planned out to the max? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah that the, is, the main characters I've, I've in seen that the act. Obvious. I've seen the act. Martin McNeil, when we saw the act, it, this is exactly what it looks like. A bunch of fit men that could have been somewhere else. Right? Yeah. Right? They all look like they were in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Smoking. Smoking. With their fucking flags. And, and to be fair, I have no right to be speaking either because I was not on the front lines. Same here. Right? I feel the so same way. It keeps the diaspora out of it. It allows domestic affairs to completely switch over to what it used to be possibly, even though I, I'd like to think, or I'd not I'd like to think, I think that this, the majority are still confused about what they're going to do, do with Pashinyan. The people have, the people not not the you know majority is out there, but the majority is like, what do we do with Pashinyan? Because Armenians are so into going after one person. Do you think him resigning would be the right decision no. during these turbulent times? I would say no. no. For the sake of stability, I would say no. Because you mentioned about 2018, how when the, the uh, Velvet Revolution was not in any way favored in the international political scope, right? What was it about it that Putin and everybody else uh, wasn't on board? What was it about that revolution? Well, the second Nikol, the second Nikol walks in, a couple of their homies are can canceled. Mm-hmm. So Putin obviously wants a, I don't want to call obedient, but we could say that for lack of a better term. He wants someone that he can fully trust in that area. I don't think Pashinyan is that guy. Don't get me wrong. A strategic alliance, as Pashinyan has always said. And quite frankly, I do believe in a utopian world, Russia's only a strategic partner and not just your bigger brother. Yeah. Russia's the bigger brother, if not the dad. So in a landlocked region, again, it's, it's very hard for Pashinyan to pursue Western ideals. And that, again, works in the perfect world. But when there's COVID, there's U.S. elections, there's Belarus, there's Kyrgyzstan, there's Syria, there's Libya, and there's the Far East Mediterranean. All those combined equals a very, very sexy moment for Turkey and Azerbaijan to complete this. How many of those are Turkey involved in? Turkey's involved in Libya, Syria, separately Iraq, Far East Mediterranean. And Armenia. And Armenia. Mm. Turkey so, and Russia are playing a lot of games, but they also have a very delicate relationship. Well, yeah, it's like they're basically walking on eggshells at this point with no, each other. Not. No, no, no. They, of course they are, bro. This is always the same thing they did 100 years ago. Same deal. Which is basically them being careful as far as, you know, who's going to strike first, who's going who's gonna to be the one to blame. Well, they're basically Turkey's more powerful now than a hundred years ago. Yes, but they solved their issues the same way hundred years ago by dividing up our lands to make their relationships better. It's a negotiation. And today their relationships are getting better 
but they're dividing our lands again. Why don't they divide their own lands for once? It's crazy to me as how as far as the entire media and the entire world, as far as looking at what's going on in Turkey and Azerbaijan, as far as um, the political standpoint and what their initial goals are as far as worldwide, no one is batting an eye. No one's saying anything. Yeah. And then and then you have people, you know, in, in the States saying, oh, you know what, uh, Turkey's an ally, they're this, they're that. Well, don't worry about it. Our president-elect will basically take care of it. And then the first tweet you see from Erdogan as soon as the elections are over was, congratulations, I hope our relationships will continue to prosper and blah, blah, blah. It's like, hello. What do you expect? What did you expect? No, I don't expect. Uh, that's the thing. It's just that why isn't the world saying anything as far as... NATO alliance. Well, the, the NATO's... Well, who is it? The NATO's president is basically Syrian Turkish. Refugees. Okay, so, so it, 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 no, it, it just sorry. I, I don't mean to sound cynical, but it's it comes down to the obligations that the EU and the US have to Turkey is much grand than more grand, more grand. I don't know, a lot more grander. important. Grander, grander. grander. It sounds like I'm saying like grinder, but grander. Um, no, the the amount of issues that France and US and in in you know Turkey have together. It's a it's much more than any Armenian relation because of again it doesn't offer much. If we were talking like a tech boom and then all of a sudden Armenia has like Microsoft and and different like T-Mobile and stuff like that where like infrastructure is like Western, then we would see okay. Maybe. So so in essence, we have nothing to offer the world. In a much in a very pessimistic way, yes. See, but this it's is doable. what we were talking but about. It's doable. I know, but this it's is what we were, this is what we were talking about last very week. Doable. We were talking about Turkey and Azerbaijan having an infinite amount of black gold, which is oil, and Armenia having what? We were talking about minerals. I mean, which one would you pick? Would you pick the black gold or would you pick the minerals? It's it's kind of obvious. We really don't have anything to offer the world as far as trade or natural resources or anything like that. Now, what you were saying about as far as tech, I know there is, Armin Orojan, who's been on our podcast before, mentioned that there is works of a Silicon Valley type of... Um, Armenia being built there where tech is being introduced and inventions and different types of, uh, you know, robotics. Now, when that will actually boom, nobody really knows. It's all in the that works. That thing needs to be in the carpool lane tomorrow morning. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It, it has been. It's just, it seems like it's not at the spotlight because now we know what we need to fix, right? Because three months ago, not a lot of people were, were even thinking about what areas should we, even in July when we saw the skirmishes, everyone wasn't like, war mode why not though because we have there's armenian generals and armenian diplomats who've uh, I, i've seen videos from uh 2016 2018 recently that were recorded where they were talking about a potential this potential war that was going to take place within the upcoming years so why were we not preparing when even nicole took over in 2018 why the and we've had guests on our show who have personally warn Nicole to prepare for this. Uh, why was he not prepared for it? Why was he caught off guard, if, if, if he was caught off guard? The military, the military expenditure, when you look at it, Nicole actually increased it more than what it was the prior year and then more the year after that. I don't remember the exact numbers. The so number currently is about half a billion. Right yeah. now it's about 480. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I don't know what it was uh, last year sure, or yeah. the year prior. I'll look it up. But... But just the military in itself, yes. But it just seems like, like you said, even after July, people were still not prepared for it. 
How? How naive can we be? I don't understand. I mean, th- this this war was coming since the second the ceasefire was signed. In 94. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the ceasefire agreement is the most vague thing ever where the status of Nagorno-Karabakh, even now with the ceasefire we've seen. That ceasefire relied on our relationship with Russia only. Mm-hmm. And the people yep. that were leading our country were playing that whole ostrich game and just putting their heads in the sand when it came to that issue and just let their tenor year ride. They've actually admitted, the previous administration has admitted on video that they just uh, would avoid it and hope that uh, generations later the Azeris wouldn't come back for it. Yeah, That's what they were using. Yeah. But it was programmed in Moscow, by the way. So, okay, fine. We weren't expecting the war. Let's say we were thrown off guard. But as Otto mentioned earlier, a lot of the news sources were misleading us to believe that we're, we're killing this war, right? Mm-hmm. We're gaining grounds. We're gaining seven kilometers here, 20 kilometers there. But now, all of a sudden, when you see the statements from Pashinyan saying, look, guys, I had to make a decision based on we've lost, for example, 2,000 soldiers. Do I sacrifice the remaining 25,000 military that we have? Or do we try to come to an agreement and uh, give up some of our land, right? That was his statement, basically. So he must have known from day one that we're losing because of the drones, because of their manpower, because of the mercenaries, everything, all the advantages they had. We had hearts. That was our advantage. They didn't have heart because they were fighting for nothing. But heart can only go so far when you're dealing with 21st century weaponry with 18th century weaponry, right? So why... Why were you? Why do you think we were being misled, and why did he not try to negotiate this deal uh, after the first ceasefire was, was violated? Well, the first ceasefire it was a significantly different geographic size, and I think you know if we're going to look at it from you know the pro- progression of the storyline, right? By the third ceasefire, Armenia no longer wanted a ceasefire. They were like, okay, you know what? The ceasefire keeps on getting broken. We're going all in. But I think there is some kind of discrepancy between what gets to the front line in contrast to what is in Yerevan. Meaning that there has to be some kind of miscommunication that has had there. And I want to say miscommunication for lack, because I do not want to speculate. But there is confirmed evidence now that there is some kind of actions in Artsakh that weren't getting developed and it wasn't being the operations were not actualized to why that i can't answer going back to robert Mm -hmm. i mean of course but i don't have the evidence to say that and you know i have we're so lucky we live in america man Mm -hmm. someone like me in armenia less than 10 minutes you'd be what okay what do you call them odds i would be right after (laughs) so a couple people are asking about how come Iskandar wasn't used. That is exactly what I've been trying to find out. Now, that shows... The Iskandar that we're talking about is actually pretty lethal, right? My question is, does this show that Armenia is not even willing to hit where it hurts for Azerbaijan in order for this to just end? Was that it, or we needed the half of the codes from Russia? Or I don't, is that I a don't, myth? I don't... No, that's a myth. Armenia is under control for that one, but that is also in non-formal way. What were you going to hit? 
was your target? They were talking about, you know, the pipeline. Minga Chavid Reservoir, the yeah. pipelines. Yeah, neither one of those makes sense to me. Neither one of them. I mean, it or literally you screws Baku? it up long time. No, no, just think about it. You hit a pipeline. Max, three days later, you they'll just fix the pipeline, right? Now, you're talking about uh, hitting that water reservoir? Minga Chavid is gonna, what they were talking gonna about. You're going to kill a million people that are not even fighting against you. They're not even the Azeris living in that area. The Lesgis and the Talish are the ones living in that area. That's so true. Can I kill but, a million people that have nothing to do with it? Right, this. but the reason why I think we we so many probably millions of people Armenians across the world have wondered or asked that question is because Azeris didn't care when they were shelling, right? Maternity hospitals. wards, hospitals, churches, no, 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 don't villages. Forget, don't forget. Remember Aliyev's interview on BBC. It was. It might have been an accident, accident. twice. This is fake. No, yeah, this I is don't fake. believe it. Yeah, I don't believe it. This is fake. This is fake. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's like uh, uh, President Aliyev. You did it twice. No, this is fake news. We have evidence, video of no, you. No. no, that was not me. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, like the absolutely. Mustache. <laughs> the mustache was there, sir. Clearly, like, this is a picture I, of you I, there, I, sir. I don't have no. the mustache. <laughs> no, you guys didn't follow that BBC interview too well. Remember what he said though. He said. We haven't gone there yet. It's not under our control for <laughs> the, us to investigate. Yeah, right? he's, he's bro. He's that being... was a sign in itself, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he already knew what was coming when that BBC interview was happening. He could say anything, and get away with it, because he was he already had that signature. See, uh, I thought we... it was signed virtually today. There, there's two BBC interviews. Uh, I think the one that we're talking about, he he said we couldn't investigate until we get there, right? And he was already in Shushi, essentially. But there yeah. it was the during the battle of Shushi, mm -hmm. but I think he knew what was planned already, right? He knew what he was he was going yeah. up against. I heard there was people leaking information like that a full twenty four hours before anyone else knew about it. I mean, I, I could believe that. I mean, let's let's not forget the day that article came out where seventeen opposition parties. Are getting together to, for you know to get the resignation of um, Pashinyan. Was I was like, oh, I see what's happening. going on. I'm like, oh, the boys are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it! But see, they can accidentally basically bomb our churches, bomb our land, yeah. bomb our villages. But for us, and the three of us were chit chatting about this, and we had some people, some snowflakes that were kind of upset at us for saying it, but. When are we going to stop playing the victim card? When are we actually going to be like, okay, you know what? Let's put our foot down and you know what? It's our turn now. We're professional grievers. Don't forget. That, that's what's the sad part. I mean, it's like, yeah. oh, look. Look what they did to us now. Look what they did to us now. When the world is like, we don't give a shit what's going on. The, I think the moment that we stop thinking that the world revolves around us and that everybody else, supposed, for, for whatever reason, is supposed to care about us. Like you said, we're not significant enough, right? We provide. We have no resources uh, but somebody was just saying we have gold, and I'm, and I and I say guys, to. when you say we have gold, and I forgot who it was that wrote that. Please send us some information yeah, as far where? as how much, where it is, because if we have gold, is it a box? Is it a metric ton? Is yeah, it <laughs> is it a necklace? I don't know what it is. I get it, but if you're gonna tell me, hey Arno, listen, I'm gonna give you ten pounds of gold, or I'm gonna give you an endless supply of uh, liquid black gold that's basically gonna be pumped out of the ground, you. Bet your ass I'm going to be taking that black gold. I don't, I don't know. We've got a lot of a lot of comments and questions. I'm going to try to get to some of them. Okay. Um, uh, there it is. Uh, Eli Eliza was the one. There she is. She says we have gold mines. Uh, 
Hopefully they're positive ones. I usually get cuddlebugs on it, and it's like little Azerbaijani flag with a bunch of letters. I'm like, no, is no, is that English? We, uh, we don't have Azeri's fall No, no, no. Sheep, sheep language. No, no, no. So why hasn't? She's there... absolutely right, though. It belongs to Russian companies. All of that. The gold. Yeah. What does? I'm sorry. Those mines. Well, we, we have a lot of mines in Armenia now. I think it's over. So okay, let's so well, let's let's rephrase what you just said. Then you said we have gold, yes. and then now you're rephrasing. You're saying but we, belongs to the Russian. We companies. talked about that Monday. Yeah, those were exactly. sold yeah. decades so, ago. So basically, we right? don't have shit. I know yeah. one of them is owned by uh, Vazgen Sarkisian's brother. Ooh. I know at least one of them. Armin Sarkisian owns one of them. That's good info. Hey, hey, hey! So learn something every day, Not buddy. Bad. Let's let's one get the, some co- some of the questions and then we'll talk about the ceasefire for the five that five year ceasefire. Can I get to some of the questions? That's what now? I was about. To, that's what I just said to you. You guys mind if I get to the questions? We don't mind. Yeah? You can okay. go ahead and get to the questions. And then we're gonna get to the checkmate. I <laughs> we'll get to the checkmate at the end. <laughs> everybody wants to know what the checkmate is. This about. guy posts something and everybody freaking starts calling me. I'm so, gonna share your number online with everybody so they can call you instead. Share my 900 number, not the. <laughs> 818. So, uh, 888. One of the questions we have from a couple of the viewers is how, we talk about Artsakh being recognized, yet Armenia itself hasn't even recognized Artsakh. Why haven't they? And what would be the importance of Artsakh being recognized? Well, if you're going to recognize Artsakh, you want everyone on board. And I think Russia was not on board with having Artsakh recognized because that's the whole reason why Artsakh's conflict exists. It likes having that dormant issue over there but now it's like okay you know what you guys can't figure it out we're bringing peacekeepers which should have been an option in the 90s and i think armenia should have accepted what happened in the 90s because let's be real that honeymoon was going to end sometime soon and that's just based off of how oil diplomacy operates so from 2003 see we we say that but yet we complain about well why did the u.s go to war in iraq and why have we not left why do we still have bases there and military there but yet, when it comes to the safety of our own country and people, we say, well, why didn't we have Russian military there since the 90s, right? Yeah. So so is, is that really the solution as far as having a military base there, whether, for example, a Russian military base for the protection and peacekeeping purposes? Or, or should we look at it from where a lot of people think, well, Russia is just trying to take advantage of this whole situation? I think long run... This benefits Armenia in terms of defense around Nagorno-Karabakh. Because what Russia did was essentially a checkmate on Azerbaijan in this case. That it is now in its land, essentially. Because Azerbaijan wanted Turkish exclusiveness. It wanted to be the girlfriend to Turkey. But Russia's not letting it. Because Azerbaijan is Russia's side. And it's not going to allow Azerbaijan in that region to completely question its authority, because essentially Russia owns Armenia, right? Yeah. In, in essence. It's not going to allow anything to happen to it. It's going to give it enough land for it to you know, operate, because let's, let's be real, Azerbaijani government and Armenia, uh, and Azerbaijani kleptocratic government is symbiotic relationship with Russia's oligarchic one. Because Russia operates like a Tsarist state, not like the Soviet Union. My opinion. Mm. Last one's my opinion. Sure makes perfect sense. No, no. It, uh, I mean, majority of people would actually agree with you. That's how it is. I mean, look at look at who's in power. How man. about the, the, the Sosa mentioned it? The Turkish uh, peace. Key, I can't. I can't even say Turkish and peace at the same time. <laughs> how do they have peacekeepers? Um, Are they going to well, be mean, the same way? The, the, 
No. Same Turkey. way the president of UN is 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 a Turk is a Turk genocide denying Turk. Yeah. But to answer your questions, Turkey's not going to have peacekeepers in Artsakh. They're going to have them in Azerbaijan, but not mm-hmm. in Artsakh. Which is another way of saying we're creating a base in Qarabakh. I mean, Jibrail area, probably. What do, you, what do you think of the chances that same terrorists are going to be living in the same lands we just gave up? Scary? I think it's scary, given that they could be um, used as the refugees going back to Nagorno-Karabakh no, and saying. Azerbaijan's yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. That That's what I'm scared of. Um, but, again, Russian presence in that regard. I'm not saying the Russians there are are really going to protect us. Of course. But they are because that is their right now that is their way of keeping stable in the region because they got more military in Ossetia and they have more mil- military in Abkhazia. So now they got it in Karabakh area, which is essentially Russia's way of keeping eyes on Turkey. You're, because, you're skeptical about this whole thing. What would you? Yeah, have, yeah, what would right. your solution? My be? biggest fear is the southern border border of Armenia itself. Yeah. Armenia major that little, that little lip that they yes. gave away, which was yes. which I was shocked That's my about. Biggest as well. fear. The lip. Wait, it's are you are talking lip. about like Meghri? The, yeah, yes. the bottom. Meghri is not given. So what is that? What is that? What is all this shit that everybody's drawing up, saying, "Oh my God, look, they gave up." This is the problem. That's the corridor. Is that the corridor? All right. So they're simply opening up highways that go from near Zangilan and Jibrail, like the bottom of what Artsakh used to be, right? Now considered Western Azerbaijan. It will have simply the same highways that were open during the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. And it's going to open that highway. Meaning that it's going to be... Peacekeepers are going to be... The peacekeepers are going to be the in-between of going from Arachchavan to West Jibrail, whatever they're going to call it. So why do we give them that? No, but that's the thing. That's it's what just saying. economic access. It's not. It's, it's still not our, It's still proper it's, Armenia. It's Russia's way of keeping an eye on what's going in throughout Iran and Armenia as well, because it's not going to do that with Georgia. It's going to do that with Iran, and Iran and Russia see eye to eye on a lot of things, except maybe when Biden's elected. Were you inside when yeah. we talked about um, the peacekeepers going into Russia, or were you outside? No, I was in here. Okay, did you see the peacekeepers coming in from Emil's live? No. Okay, Emil, the the, the the British guy that's basically yeah. uh, was in the front lines, he put a live out or he put a video out there of the Russian peacekeepers coming in. We were laughing about it they because... They look like mountain bro, yeah, Game of Thrones. They, 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 they just tanks upon tanks upon tanks <laughs> upon tanks and and jets flying in yeah, to be like peacekeepers. 14 of them by, in yeah. less than 20 How many? Hours. Okay, it's like, it's basically you're guarding the parking lot of an In-N-Out. Why do you need 37 <laughs> tanks, bro? What, what did you expect them to do? No, that's like, what I'm saying. Send, send two guys on a bicycle and with a little 9mm. That many? And like, I'm, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is really going There has to be bro, another... Putin uh, there... is behind this. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Putin. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, so a couple comments that we're getting regarding the Iskander is uh, that if we did end up firing that, Turkey would have directly gotten involved and could have pretty much wiped us out, and that could have been their excuse for it. That's you I, know, Were we prepared for that type of retaliation? No, we weren't. Yeah. Well, I said it. Remember I was saying it. I was like, if they just basically... You never said to, that. Where I said, you need you to, they need to shoot the Iskandar. You never said that. And were, they said they will... You, you, you were too busy that. arguing with Carmen today. You yeah. never said that. You never said that. <laughs> well, I got blocked now. 
But I said, I was saying, I was like, you cannot attack them because as soon as you attack it, they will attack Yerevan. Well, also, we have to, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we have to understand that Turkey's involvement has significantly changed since the 90s. Significantly. In the 90s, it was just providing moral support. It was that cheerleader on the side, like, go you, you know? But The Mark Madsen. The Mark Madsen, yeah. Except, nah, I would say more like Slava Medvedenko. He got minutes. Oh, okay. He got minutes. Oh, one of those. If, if not Samaki Walker. Which, <laughs> which failure. Which, <laughs> by the way, Samaki Walker, do you guys remember when he got arrested to, because he was eating weed? Really? Really? He, he, got, he got arrested. He, he got caught with weed. He looked around. He put it in his mouth and he ate it. <laughs> And he still got caught. Oh, gosh. That was a Laker. That's a Laker. <laughs> that was a biggest Laker. Biggest failure ever. Yeah. Uh, but you were saying you were saying as far as Turkey, Turkey's mm-hmm. involvement yeah. now, this time around, was... It was a material addition. But what about as far as, you know, uh, people mentioning Israel's military help, Ukraine's military help? Oh, I mean, that, it's unprecedented, obviously. But we've seen Israel doing this since 2005. We saw Ukraine do it through its, you know, economic partnership with... You know, Ukraine is called Guam, right? Georgia, Ukraine, um, Azerbaijan, and Moldova. We saw when Ukraine didn't join the EAEU, it had significantly differing perspectives, yeah. right? With so Russia. Are we paying for this protection? Someone just mentioned, of course, they're going to bring 10 times more than needed because we're paying for it. So are me is paying for the See, th- those That information is not even known right now because it's so vague. That on, a nine usual, com- on a usual basis, how does that work? Mm, depends. Depends. Like th- this... That's the thing. This agreement is so vague. I'm like, does Armenia pay for that? Does like, how does this work? Does it come with our CSTO? Like, does this affect the CSTO? CSTO is the Collective Security Treaty Organization, where Armenia has a military pact with Russia. Okay, that's the MISC, right? Same thing. Uh, no. The OSCE no. Minsk Group is the diplomatic oh, negotiations right. table okay. for them. Okay. Yeah. That's OSCE. So the CSTO allows Armenia to get weapons at a discount. So well, what, not discounted. They get them at mark. Uh, no markup. Zero yeah. markup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Discount, yes, same thing. Sorry, <laughs> sorry my in- English is my second language. Oh, discount, <laughs> discount, it's like, you, they're still oh, making money not off of you. Oh, shit, not He's going to get a mail-in rebate. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you get a Best Buy gift card we keep, we keep, you keep men- you know, We keep talking about the agreement, the peace agreement, the ceasefire agreement. I mean, there was multiple sources out there that we were talking about it on Monday that Nicole hadn't signed it yet. Has he signed it yet? Have, is there confirmation about that? Have you guys seen the video? Because I haven't. I haven't either. I I've haven't. seen Aliyev with is his... Is there a video? No. Okay. I've seen Putin sign it. I've seen Aliyev with his stupid smirk sign it, where I wanted to smack the shit. Maybe he was waiting for Aliyev to I sign mean, it. I mean, of course he's going to do that. Did you, you see the me? smirk? Yeah, of course, but... It, because he's had a hard-on for sushi forever. I wasn't expecting a, okay, folks, let's now be settled with the Armenians, okay? Like, yeah, you're not, he, getting, oh, that. God, not getting that. I was, I'm, I'm watching him sign it. He's just like little, his little freaking mustache. If you won the war, what type of smirk would you have on your face right now? If we had won the war. And imagine Aliyev. That's like times 6,000. I would be pointing at them laughing. Yeah, you'd have your zipper down pointing at them. What do you expect the guy with to do? With what? Guys, we're also talking about a guy. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh. Asian sensation right there. <laughs> It's too much. Come on, man. I'm not gonna say anything. Rich is like. I'm not gonna say anything. Watching, watching. I understand. Welcome to the numbnuts. You get that. It's a little different here. That's okay. I'm. I mean, 
It's not like your IG lives. You go on with these makeup artists and <laughs> hey, that's not at who... this point. I'm a makeup artist. Okay, <laughs> I am. Oh god! By the time Rich is done with one of his IG podcasts, he's full contoured and everything ready to go. <laughs> Uh, so oh, I'm trying to go through but, some but of these comments. Dude, shout yeah. out to those makeup artists because they raised like 70000 per like live. Of course, man. Like, they, yeah. made you, they made you feel guilty. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing. Like those donating things, like people were all in. Every time they would see the live, they would be like, okay, yeah. And it would good enough, good enough. Now my question is if Armenia Fund is actually going to use it for humanitarian well, there, here's the thing. They disconnected their phone, and we were trying to reach them for the past two no, days. Dude? Now. We have contact. No, 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 I'm just joking. Bro. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, you're not me making these on him. Now, did you get a hold of them? Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, I do. I do need reassurance because I raised a lot for Armenia. Yeah, I, I, everyone did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the yeah. three of us with Yuram Ovsesian and Hobo from the Dem Show, we actually nice. raised three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my god! In a matter of three See, hours. Two hours. Yeah. Or two hours. Sorry. So yeah, that's insane. But what? Uh, no, I, I I even found the uh, the Sorry. chairman of uh, thank you Armenia Fund. She's she's actually a very very successful civil engineer. Uh, so if Armenia Fund doesn't call me back directly, I'm gonna call her at her company. She's a CFO of a very large. Are we gonna are we gonna be here over the weekend? No, no. We'll okay. Be, yeah. All right. Because Monday we have another show. That's why. We do like that. This is the last show, no? No, 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 not yet. No. Unless I'm not the last show. Surprise. I'm not the end. I'm not the season finale. What are you guys talking about? I thought you guys told me <laughs> uh, this is that's, the season that's finale. That's how you convinced you to come on the show. Are you guys are you guys gonna pull a Sopranos where the last second you're like what? You want to see a Sopranos? Go watch episode forty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to go through. That's a Sopranos. That's a Sopranos. Show Sopranos. Episode, episode forty. End of episode forty. Go watch Sopranos. Great movie. Trying to go through these that's comments to see which one of the show. questions. Um, uh, yeah, we I mean, <laughs> did you see what John said? What did what? John say? I wish I was at the fundraiser. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, John. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. That, so, that so, bottle of whiskey. So as far that. as those seven regions goes yeah. uh, that we are giving up to the Azeris, what is the significance of those seven regions? Can you explain that? Uh, geographic terrain. For, I mean, of, of course, that's with my geopolitical bias. Um, geographic terrain. I mean, Karvajar, in their language, Kelbajar, that area is very mountainous and it gives a and that it's all it's one of the main reasons why armenia wanted to take control of that area after the war because they couldn't afford to drop off the lesser caucuses to the enemy because if karavachad is a very strategic location i mean the whole reason why they couldn't penetrate our front up up there was because karavachad yeah in that area it's so, mountainous basically yeah Mount Murovdag, I think, is what it's called. Like, it's one of the highest peaks of the Lesser Caucasus. So, that and also the significance of Shushi, right? Like, Shushi is pretty important because it has military value and political value. It's like an old fortress. Like no, I mean, Roman don't time. forget Shushi. I mean, the ro- looks directly over uh, Stepanakir. Yeah, yeah. No? it's it's perfect. It's it's exactly where Azerbaijan wants to be. It's 5,000 feet elevation above sea level, which is basically like Denver. And then you go to Stepanakir, which I, I don't want to estimate, I, just in case someone fact checks me, but like 3,500 maybe. It's a little bit lower than 4,000 maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lower than Shushi. Yeah. You can see it. <laughs> Yeah, and stock, you're looking at it like you're looking, yeah. at it like from, you're looking at it like from the Hollywood view to the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. So it was it was the seven territories. Then yeah. we talked about that corridor, which 
supposedly is not a big deal because it's just a highway, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's confirmed that, guys, we haven't just lost... Just the highway, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. basically... All it is is a route. Or it's, no. a, it's a route. Um, now, we have a couple people here commenting about how you... Like Edgar says it was all orchestrated and Kocharyan and um, uh, Sarksen and Petrosian were behind this. But now, now I'm hearing questions of or seeing questions about how Soros was also hmm. is is does Soros have anything to do with Pashinyan? <laughs> I and genuinely don't think so. No, I don't think Pashinyan's that dumb. Go, siding with Soros in that, you're asking for the state of Armenia to stop existing. Like they've, I, they've I, been there since '96. They've been there since the '97, ni- I think. Six. Yeah, reco- six. Okay, yeah, definitely since the '90s. So I don't think. Pashinyan is connected to Soros, and if he is, then that's. News I feel to like ninety percent of all politicians what are, in Armenia are connected to Soros. Anyone, any, the, any one if of it's them. It's a top-down effect. Then yeah, I would have yeah, to. Yeah, listen, research. It's, it's cons- money, and all of the politicians. Bro, take these money. conspiracy theories yeah. need to really stop. This whole Soros stuff. This whole Lady Gaga's bullshit freaking music video. As far as oh my god, look, Lady Gaga's music video basically laid out what was going to happen with the Artsakh war. No. No, you guys, these are all conspiracy theories and all these little kids making these videos doing a comparison of Lady Gaga's music video to what was happening in Artsakh. That's sad. Literally. You have oh, 18, that's been happening? You have 18, 19-year-old kids dying and you guys are comparing it to Lady Gaga? Oof. Give me a freaking break. Have you seen the debunking Of course one? I have, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. And you still think it's a conspiracy theory? I don't know, but I was wrong. It's 97, not 96. You were right. Ooh, yeah, you right. owe me. If you if you I'm really kidding, think kidding. Lady Gaga <laughs> predicted the Artsakh war or the arm, the war that happened between Ar- 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 Artsakh and uh, Azerbaijan, you need to get out of the matrix and you need to stop getting. It. You need to get your ass out of that rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh damn, we're, we're even talking about it, dude. Like that's like basic human one hundred and one. Like <laughs> that's insane. You Sorry, can't. I wasn't paying attention. I was reading the comments. <laughs> Blank, um, blank face, just <laughs> when, when it comes let's, to let's Shushi, try. we have a question about Shushi yes. as far as the soldiers saying they had it under control, and then all of a sudden they looked around. Some generals took some of their soldiers back. Some of them were there. Was some those, refused to come down. Were those generals of Kocharyan or actually? Yeah, I, I Listen, don't. we have generals in Armenia that don't even deserve to be out on bail. But yet they are this is true. given the chance to go and run operations, but, which yeah. is it's, it's a failure in every way. Yeah, uh, and and that's where like we for, we have to remember Kocharyan Sarkisyan's difference to Nikol. Nikol's a journalist. These dudes were defense ministers, you know, and so the, they understand war tactics. Better not than. only that, but you got essentially what fifteen years of a, of one regime. I, I I can't do math, but like more than that, obviously. But fifteen plus years of a one regime, which is heavily based around defense, and they have loyal dudes next to them that the weapons never got to point from point A to point B. Like you're gonna have some loyal people to them, and I don't. Again, and that's where I'm saying it's a communication discrepancy there because I can't prove that that happened, but evidence is starting to pile up. And that's why, like, it goes back to, like, whether Pashinyan should be ousted. No, because he needs a fair trial the same way Kochanyan got a fair trial. Mm. Makes sense. What role will France and U.S. play, you think, with uh, Russian troops taking place in, in Armen- Artsakh now? The Western world failed. Failed? Failed miserably. miserably. Yep. 
Do you think Jinx, it was because? Do you think it was because <laughs> of the uh, elections, or just they just don't care? Uh, elections, COVID. I mean, this this is a transnational issue, right? Like it's international, but also it's based on bilateral relationships that Armenia has with France that isn't connected to Russia, but Russia and France and the U.S. are all on the same page. U.S. is worried about Iran, but then Iran likes Biden coming in town, so it's looking good for them. So they're going to maintain like calm. Just no, they're going to write out what's they're Trump. Expecting yeah, they're writing out cash again from Biden, or I don't know, dude. I mean, Obama showed us. Did you say that? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Peace. <laughs> Oh Did you God. just say that? <laughs> you know this is going to be like on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube. It's going to be everywhere, right? I understand. Okay, just want to make sure. It's Can okay. you tell us about our some of our <clears throat> politicians that, like Arturun and uh, R.I., where are they? Why are they out of the... The loop? Yes. I wish I knew. I'm literally looking at evidence as it piles up. Like guys, like I literally look up what can be proved and what cannot be, and I take it as it is, and then I mix it with opinion. But opinion needs to stay separate. And because I don't know about what happened to Arturun and and Araik, I can't say. Where do you do most of your research? Uh, like what are some re- like reliable sources that you actually? In in terms of understanding the conflict from like why the peace has not maintained, I use Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, these institutions exist not from bias, but you know based off of support anonymous supporters in those areas. So we we have like for example Lawrence Brars, we have Thomas DeWall that have been literally researching since the 1980s. The second it was more much more flexible for the Soviet Union to have people coming in and out. So. There are people that have been studying this since the 80s, and then they have empirical work in the late 1990s, um, Black Garden being the most important one. I think any every diaspora person, diaspora person, like member, as if we're a cult, but <laughs> every diaspora member needs to read Black Garden by Thomas DeWall. That is the basic foundation of understanding the Gorno-Karabakh issue from a cultural perspective, legal perspective, and just simply international relations. Arwin, can you take care of the troll? Which we got one? a troll on there. Who is it? Some damn Turk. Do we? Leave him on. Leave him on? Well, we got a couple of people saying we got a troll alert, so. Very democratic. Yeah. Democratic. Democratic. Yes, definitely. I said it like a Beirut. I said like Democratic. Democratic. (laughs) That sounded Farsi. So let's talk about this whole 17... when you said the, the, you sound like a Beirutai, so right on. (laughs) 17 parties? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 17 parties signing to get Pashinyan out of office. Who's the leader of those 17 parties? Who the hell needs 17 parties in Armenia? Hmm. Can we look at this? Yeah. I mean, that's become a forefront of my research right now. I put it on my story. To, I, whatever I research, I kind of put it on my story so that people know what to expect is coming. Um, and... I'm going to look into much more frequently about Barka Vachayastan, which I feel like everyone... Barkavach is... Uh, Barkavach is prosperous, yeah. It's Gagin. Gagin. Yeah, let's but just call was people actually, by their names. But now, it was made by way of Kocharyan. So it wouldn't have existed Ooh. without Kocharyan. So the fr- oh, it's, it's almost like a Coachella headliner. It's like, who do we have? It's 17 <laughs> names? Ooh. Um, so we have Bargavachayastan, which is prosperous Armenian translation, which was formed in 2003, and then Gagatsarukan became the leader in 2004, I believe. Don't quote. So then you also have Haidanik, which Haidanik is, I, I, that was like my first time really seeing them in the talks with their meeting with Onik Gasparian. Did you guys see that? Onik mm-hmm. Gasparian met with Haidanik's leader, 
and then the Dashnaks leader, and then Prosperous Armenia, which is Bargabachaya's. Dashnak is still ARF. Dashnak yeah. is still ARF. They still do not have a seat in parliament, and therefore this is a very attractive opportunity to utilize nationalism in favor for their plans. So, Which is not going to be towards Russia's um, and favor, in a th- sense? This is in their favor. They're, t- co- they're teaming so up with Kochanyan. and the Russians work together. In this exact moment, through Kocharyan, yes. I don't think it's directly with Russia. I think the, the ARF just simply wants parliament seats again because they do not make up the majority whatsoever of Armenia. That's sad. I mean, look, I, I respect about 90% of what the Dashnaks have yes. to offer. Diaspora-wise. Yes. But at the top? I, I mean, green, this is... This green is, tomatoes at the top. I just I just want to make it clear because a lot of times we have a very, very confused idea of ARF. ARF in the diaspora is significantly different than ARF inside of Armenia. Yeah, ARF inside of Armenia has been the side has been the side of Robert Kochanan throughout the majority of the time, and we know exactly what that's capable of. Now, on the contrary, diaspora wise, the whole reason why cultural preservation and institutionalization of Armenian heritage is up because of ARF in yeah. cities like Toronto, in cities like um, Le- uh, Beirut, cities like even Iran. A, you know, in Netherlands, Iran. Iran you know, yeah. it's Here, it's LA. everywhere. And you have to thank ARF for even existing for these reasons. However, however, the seventeen opposition political parties are. This is just opportunism. This is just just this is just their way that they see that Vladimir Putin is coming back in town, and that. If Nicole is to fall out, right? If Nicole is to fall out, they're there at the same time. Because ARF, once Pashinyan came in town, not there. Because they weren't giving the okay. So you're looking at it as basically if Pashinyan fumbles, they're ready to retrieve it? Yes. Okay. Nina's been asking the, about, can we ever get back what we lost? That's hard to say. That's a tough Very question. tough question. That's it's- very hard to say. Would it be, but would it be more important to get back what we lost, or to make sure we don't lose any more? I think it's institutionalizing what we even wanted to have, because technically speaking, Nagorno-Karabakh Artsakh itself was never really ours. It was a faint nationalist idea that we started you settling. You can't say it was never ours. Then if it wasn't no, ours, no, 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 no. Sorry, I apologize. Institutionally is what I mean. Like oh. institutionally, after the 1994 ceasefire, I apologize. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't mean to say it that way. We we it's we all know Artsakh is Armenia, and we also know that Cyprus is Greek, right? Like at the end of the day, Greek Cypriots are the same thing as what Greeks are. Sorry. Going back to so, history, Baku, Baku, where it is today, that was Armenian lands. First oil mill was invented by an Armenian in Baku. I, I forgot the name of it, Bartakert or something along those lines. Don't quote me on these people, people but neither. it has an Armenian name to it. Baku was not the name of that area. I think it was like Bakshatuni or something. Okay, something like so that. we we apparently have come to the conclusion that we own we were ha- no, but ha- have the to only blow. problem I have is our uh, diplomacy is horrible. When are we gonna start, like? Where is our relationship with India? Where is our relationship with Saudi Arabia? Where is our? We need those relationships to come into play. They should have been there. They were the Mark Madsons, man. Well, they pa- were the cheerleaders at the end of the day. No, for no, us. no. They, we didn't work hard enough on that. I, I, we didn't work hard. We enough. as in when? Armenian when? The last thirty Throughout? years. Last thirty years. You not even I, during Pashinyan's era. He's definitely right. Our diplomacy. The thing about Pashinyan is that you can't really sell Pashinyan too much because he's too like. 
Shadobria, elite. Too western in the wrong area. And for those that don't know what Dobri means, it's another way of saying he's a good guy. He's just a good guy. Too and nice. It's too nice. He's not, a, he's not a true politician. Yeah, he's not a politician. He's a journalist. So when Saudi Arabia is not interested in Armenia until it comes to the point where Turkey is, is doing something wrong for Saudi Arabia. We saw they banned their products. They right. clearly don't want Turkey to become a hege- hegemonic figure in the area. Basically, a top dog that runs in the Middle East. It doesn't want that. Because Turkey understands its role that it's the gateway from Europe to the Middle East. And Saudi Arabia, that's the only reason why we got that. Congratulations on your statehood. It's almost like a Best Buy gift card coming in, right? It's like, congratulations. And that's what Saudi did this year. Just to remind them that if Iran's not there for them, remember us. And not only that, so Armenia has been developing its relationship with the UAE. Dubai. Basically Dubai. And Dubai has become much more interested in investing in Armenia. Kuwait has become much more interested through Gagik Tsarukyan. China. China, China's right? Really the, smart institutionally, city, right? yeah. I mean, there's no information on that. I'm, I haven't gotten anything concrete about that. Have, Fifteen billion dollars. I'll send you an article. No, I don't have it. Yeah, it w- the article was posted to, uh, in August. This is an interesting question from Michael. Uh, he says, "Guys, when Armenians residing in Nagorno-Karabakh get arrested or maybe evicted." For being Azerbaijani illegals, since Armenians Armenians aren't allowed in Azerbaijan. I've been asking questions like this quite similarly, like because that's what it basically is. If an Armenian stays there and doesn't decides to leave, and doesn't like decides to not leave, I think that unfortunately, she just won't budge, or she can't physically, or she leave. can't physically leave. Or, you know, let's just say, you know, that's it. Because they just don't believe the circumstance. Because when you're, like, literally forced to leave your house and vacate in two weeks and you don't even know where the next spot is and you're 87, you're done with life at that. You're just like, what is, it, what is this all about then? Yeah, anymore? what is this all about then? So I could totally see that being just a situation where Azeris can just, like, use it as another propaganda tool that... You know, those, if we have any Armenians staying, they're like low class and we must search for them. But I don't know, man. I really don't know. Well, like, a lot of, a lot of Armenians difficult. are actually burning their homes before leaving, which I found out a couple of days ago that Azeris and Turks don't live in burned homes. They don't even rebuild burned homes anymore. They, it's basically if a house is ever burnt, they just don't touch it like anymore. Like you said, it's not like they're short on money, bro. How burning your house? I mean, no, 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 no. As, sure far, as, that as far as on a religious standpoint, apparently, this is what but I heard. I don't know how much on. of it what is true. What about their religion is true? If they're they're leaving their dead bodies to rot and get eaten by pigs, you really think on, those are dude. their dead bodies? Those are Syrian mercenaries, bro. Why do you think they those left them Syrian. there? They don't give a shit about those Syrian mercenaries. They're like, okay, you know what? Leave them there. If those bodies were actually Azeri or Turk, Turkish people. They would go collect their bodies. None do, of them were. Do you think they wanted those lands so that they could have Azeris move there? Or it was more so no about... Oh, but look, at just Step, look at Stepanagert. Stepanagert is a beautiful uh, beautiful city itself. It's beautiful real estate. You don't, you don't really think uh, Turk, uh, uh, Azeris would want to actually occupy those sure, lands? You'd rather live in a desert or a beautiful... Uh, Stepanagert is beautiful, man. I'm not saying it's not. Okay, then. But the temperature you think amazing. that's what this fight is? That's not what it's about. I they, think it's advantage. It's both, man. Strategic. It's, a, it, it's, strategic. it's 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 basically yeah. occupying lands, uh, continuing to just take, and it's an, it's a big ego issue as well, because think at, of, the, think at this about it to yourselves, guys. If your neighbor next door, you own property, 
your neighbor next door is not using five feet of their property and you eventually put a gate five feet past your property line and no one's saying anything, you're not going to do it. I mean, come on. It's just the way it is. If you're, you, when you're weaker, you're going to suffice to the strength. Now, that's all it is. There they're, was a, they're stronger than us today. There was a five-year ceasefire that was basically signed, correct? Mm-hmm. Or supposedly signed. Uh, Nicol Pashinyan hasn't signed it yet. But... Uh, some are saying they've seen him sign. I don't know. I, if you guys, here's the thing: if you guys have seen him sign it, please send us a video because I still haven't seen it. No. Rich hasn't seen it. Armel it doesn't, doesn't have it. to be on it video has... for someone to say it's signed. I, I or think not, in this day of age, I need video proof. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah. if it, it's like, did yeah. you did you get a did you have like a drunk night last night? Did you do something crazy? So yeah, did, did you film anyone, it? Did, did yeah. anyone look at the, this, the? Did anyone look at the document? I haven't even. It seen has that. many points to it. If you look at point nine. Yeah, look but, at point but is nine. Is that really the yeah. official document? It was just I two have pages. No, idea. Um, no, bro, are you kidding me? Like, you those see documents are not long, guys. Yeah, but the, hold on, hold on. If you go look at the video, you see them fumbling through multiple pages when signing. Maybe it was in larger font for Aliyev. <laughs> He's a moron. It takes it was a in, lot. It, it was in, I it was stopped in, laughing uh, at him, bro. It I was in uh, hieroglyphics. <laughs> but <laughs> I, you know what? I we need to all do as our means. We need to stop laughing at them from now on. The, the, the one time stop. I laugh, all of a sudden no, no, we no, need no. to stop. No, not only for you, Armanjab. From going on, bro, going forward, all of us need to understand okay. that today we need Fine, to take I'll the loss the and go get. A stronger Armenia ready f- within the next five years. Okay, but regardless, it. whatever it is, as far as the five-year uh, ceasefire, what what makes anybody think that this will actually take place? As far as uh, I'm sorry, what that, what makes anybody think that in five years these guys are going to come back for more? Maybe this is basically a reload, but uh, a reset button for them. As far as hey Turkey, hey Israel, Ukraine, uh, we're kind of running out of drones. Uh, we might need to restock again. Okay. Call so it five years. Don't we? Don't you think we need to think as if that is what they're going to do? That is what. That is exactly what we need to think. But right. there's a lot of people on social media, basically saying, "Oh well, it's let's it's, become it's, complacent." It's again time. And it's time to grieve right now. I need some. You know, so I need my safe space. I need. You know, I need time to think about this. No, same it people is, who blocked you. Yeah, same people who blocked yeah. me. It is time for us to get our shit together, literally, and basically prep ourselves for defense in the next five years. And we will. And if we don't, if somebody bitches again in five years, oh, we were not prepared for it, then... What are your thoughts on that? Then just, you know... I think, uh, are we talking specifically the diaspora or the Armenia? Armenia. All of it. All All of it. Armenia. Armenian military. Armenian military. Well, Armenian you can't mil- say that, bro. Uh, you guys, the Armenian military, it comes from a budget. The more people you have living in a country, the bigger your budget. So I understand, but how do you keep people from leaving your country? Whose whose responsibility is that? At the end of the Mine, day, yours or all of us? No, it's all, not. All the government has to allow you to go over there and want to invest into Armenia, so people can stay there and prosper, right? Some people have, bro. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not. We all know it's not easy. Okay, I some people have, but if they make it more av- available and they don't screw the diaspora Investor. for investing. Right then, yes, people will stay because uh, jobs will be created, opportunities will be created. So it's the responsibility of the government. Yes. See, Anita says it. She literally took the words out of my mouth. They're probably at the draw that uh, drawing board again right now. Who? Azeris. 
Yes, they're preparing for it. And yeah. We should be doing the same thing. I mean, I mean, but that's the thing. Look, I mean, their country operates significantly different than ours. Their nationalism is just is KGB. I mean, Ilham's dad was a KGB officer. Let's be real. Yeah. Haydar Aliyev was an OG in the KGB offices. You're telling me Robert was not KGB? Oh, okay. Robert was KGB, but now I think literally they've lost touch of Armenia because Azerbaijan's not getting ready for Armenia. It's getting ready on Nagorno-Karabakh, which it's not going to touch Russian-guarded soil. I think this is a, a restart, exactly what you were saying. For the next five years, it's a restart for them because Russia's not going to allow them to heavily militarize the same way. Personally, because any, any, anything that they're going to militarize for is for Nagorno-Karabakh, or it's for Georgia, or it's for Armenia, or it's for Russia itself. Which Georgia is going to allow, Armenia it's not going to allow le- legally, and then Ar- Karabakh proper, I mean Nagorno-Karabakh proper at this point, is now Russian guarded. So I don't know why they would militarize heavily. You don't understand, we're talking about Karabakh proper that just went from... Uh Mm-hmm. 4,400 square meters to 2,000 square meters. I understand, but it's still against Russia. The The deal is, is like, the issue at its core now is against Russia because it's Russian lives now there. It's not Armenian anymore. Kilometers, sorry. I said but meters. Uh, when you're, but when, <laughs> yes, you're, when you're geographically located where we're at, similar to how Israel is, you don't think Israel is always prepared for war? Well, Israel has one thing, again, that Armenia doesn't have, and that's water shipping. Israel in its location is much more much attractive. Much more than that, too. Yeah, and much more than that. Much more attractive. It's the eyes and ears for the United States in the Middle East. It knows exactly what's going on based based on Israel. And to quote Joe Biden, he said, um, if, if what did he say? If Israel didn't exist, we'd make Israel ourselves and exist. Mm. So, and that was no, like I'm Biden not, in the 80s course, or 90s. Of course, Israel has a thousand more advantages than we do. That's I'm not. Yeah. I'm not comparing as far as their capabilities but the fact that they are they are surrounded by the countries that they're surrounded by they're yeah. always prepared for war and so should we it, we don't have to necessarily have a kgb mentality to be always prepared for war when you've got turkey azerbaijan and everybody else around you that you know any moment could attack you mm-hmm. why, why is that so difficult to for for our country to understand and just be prepared always prepare for it and oh yeah invest we need and to reinvest creators of military weapons yeah. we need to get tech talking to military because that is like Guys, you, that's very it sounds great but it, like i said today we have a bigger issue even than that now let's just say you start your program mm-hmm. inside armenia but you can't hide anything when you're there's satellites everywhere you can't do anything unless you move satellites all from your functions underground mm-hmm. satellites that. from who <laughs> it's not like russia's our neighbor or our friend. <laughs> well, know? I think Russia would well, want a, a, a stake in that. You think Russia wants a stronger Armenia? A stronger military of Armenia would be less money for Russia. Yep. It makes sense. I want to I, I want to be wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> I want to be wrong. I don't think Russia will ever help Armenia. That's just my take. Well, here's the thing. I never said we it. are always being used it by Russia. It now has air bases in Armenia. That's one thing why Russia's allowed, like... Russia built the infrastructure at this point. Russia has invested in the infrastructure. They had military bases there from day one of Armenia's creation. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Come First on. Republic or second? Or we're talking post-Soviet? No, uh, after. Post-Soviet. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, they've been there since post-Soviet. Definitely. Yeah. I mean. I mean, come on. Where the earthquake happened was 
I mean, was the earthquake real or not? <sighs> so, let's wait, not uh, get that deep. Wait, Come on. We don't, that are deep? we going to do this? Cause I mean, we, I'm a geography listen, guy. No way. Is there eight, if you get into that one, you're here you for talk, another two hours. Are you talking about Lindak on's earthquake? <laughs> you're saying it's fake? I'm just <laughs> saying. Say anything. I'm just saying the plate tectonics don't Ooh. make sense over there. Okay, let me explain. I had family. I'm from Lindak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was born in Lindak. I had family in Lenagan when we were here. Uh, Lenagan meaning Gyumri people. Yeah. Today's modern Gyumri. Um, my uncles were there. And till today, they there was no bomb or whatever anybody wants to call it. It was a legit earthquake. And the earthquake actually hit multiple times. And it was mm. clearly it was, an, it was an earthquake. Because my uncle told me the stories of him grabbing my two cousins. Mm-hmm. One in this hand, one in the other hand. And running down from the sixth floor and he's like i'm i'm hitting wall to wall wall to wall it was it was more it, natural movement though. it was more natural it was an actual earthquake and number two it was poor construction by the soviet union mm. to and everything what i mean it was quick industrialization oh well, don't forget for sure. the same construction that you're talking about is still standing in uh Abovian and yerevan it's still it, standing it was it not it, the sa- same it's, construction it's not though. the same construction in leninagan armenia the construction was done it was done much, much different than it was in Yerevan and Abovyan. Because remember, in Lenakan, which was basically the, one of the closest uh, cities to Russia, mm-hmm. uh, it was not. It was previously the capital of Armenia before um, Yerevan was. But construction-wise, everybody and anybody who lived in Lenakan said that they saw the buildings go up and the way that the construction was done, no code enforcement, no safety, nothing. And the way they even even the way the buildings had collapsed, you could see they collapsed into themselves. Interesting. W- well, I don't think he's talking about bombs, though. Well, what are you what are you talking about? I though? mean, no, I'm literally just talking about the spec like the Bases speculation around think? that. I don't like you know I I felt like I didn't have enough evidence for for it to be considered an earthquake because I go off the logic of how come cities just an hour away or like just two hours away, nothing, nothing. So I mean, that, I'm looking today, at the there. You were in Abu I, mean, I, I felt field? it in Abu I personally felt it in Abu yeah. But to the level of Lenaka, listen. Today you have an earthquake in Turkey. All of Armenia feels it. Now I felt it in Abu That's for sure. Everybody did. But there's a lot of questions about the military base that was underground in Lenaka at that time, close yeah. to the fall of the. I mean, yeah, Russia. I mean, it's it's hard. The reason why I also speculate this, and again, like a lot of the research I do is is not based off of these things. This is just off of how I felt based off of like the location of Armenia, right? Like you'll get a four point five, maybe a five point oh, but it's, I don't know. It it can bali chum chum, you know. I, I don't know, but you know that time frame. And you said you were you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 80, I was yeah. seven years old. Seven years old. So you remember the protests in eighty eight. Uh, I lived in Abovian. Abovian. I, yeah. I don't think yeah. they took me down there at that okay. time. Okay, so that was also happening around November time, I believe, mm-hmm. right? It was winter. So then that happens in December. And the Soviet army at some point brings in 21,000 troops to Azerbaijan. I that's That's just all that in, in two months, three months. Somebody just so, said we felt it in Hrazdan. You felt it in Hrazdan? Hmm. I mean, hey, I wasn't even alive, so I'm the worst. I'm like the worst. <laughs> Not the guy to ask. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm like the worst. So but, let, no, let's go back to the yeah. current war a little bit because yeah. I know you're short on time. You yeah, got, we got uh, about, we, literally we have ten about minutes. 10 minutes left yeah. with uh, So Rich. as far as the kind of how quickly Pashinyan 
just abruptly decided to sign this. There's a lot of speculation that his family was threatened or Araik was kidnapped and all these different stories we're hearing. Any, have you found any evidence of any, any bit of truth to that or um, that's just all speculation speculation again. Again. I mean, again. we know everything, you know, like 2006 when I was living there. And like what, two years, three years, I got a, I got an understanding of what that place is like in terms of how information transfers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that is very much like that today, except and sometimes they just, no, dude, like, come on. But I'm also not doubting it based off of the Kochadian regime. You know, it's I, I could very well see that happening, and I'm waiting for more and more soldiers, like, evident videos come out so I can, like, put three and two together. But I very well could see Pashinyan's wife and son being used as leverage for him to sign. Do you think that would, the videos that he posted after signing, uh, message, the messages that he sent out, um, him being so calm, collective, sometimes even smiling, do you think that's the reaction that he would give after finding out possibly his wife or his uh, son were actually being held as hostages? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, who knows, man? You, you don't know. Like, the videos is so, like, quiet and I, I don't know. It, it just it feels... It's cold. It feels it's eerie. a very cold, eerie. eerie kind of vibe. And and people talking about his wife being in the front lines. I said I it mean, last... I it was a publicist. Yeah, yeah. It's I said it last week and I'm going to say it this week again. It's all a PR bullshit. If you really think the wife was in the front lines, I feel sorry for you. It was a publicity yeah, stunt, for was, sure. It was. For sure. And Which it, part is a joke for Jake? Jake said this is a joke. I don't know which part. Please, Jake, elaborate for us. Please, Jake, let us know which part yeah, is you such got, a joke. You got literally 10 minutes to tell us what the joke was, Jake. I think Wait, a lot of people are still waiting on... Uh, are we the jokes? Is that what's going I, have no I have no idea. We'll, we'll find out. Um, well, everyone's still what? waiting for you to let them in. Yes, on that. can you please let us know about your checkmate? Please, checkmate. Everyone's been asking about your checkmate. I don't see anybody asking about it. <laughs> Unless you oh, like- Jake is saying the hostage part. Yeah, it was. I, I, I oh. think it is. The hostage part is... Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That was... Definitely. Uh, if you guys want to know what the checkmate is, you have to like and share it right now. Otherwise, Ooh. that's the only way we're going to... Ultimatum. Yeah. Okay, let's do this, guys. We've had... We have 20 people who shared it. We've had up to... Right now, 2,500 people who's bas- who basically viewed it. We have three almost 300 comments. Let's do this, guys. Everybody share it, like it, and we're going to get into the whole... Checkmate. Uh, checkmate that everybody's been calling do, me about and messaging this guy and do you, do you think do you think China investing into Armenia is is going to benefit Armenia as far I mean immediate benefit yes but as tar- you don't think they have an agenda as far as why they're investing so many billions into Armenia I mean I think someone with a better so understanding be of economics should answer this but just at a pure understanding of how China runs foreign policy they just go after the baby like the babies in the world and then they try to take care of them because everyone own. else doesn't care like that's why China's in Africa no one else really is into Turkey's in Africa too I mean buddy. Turkey's in Africa but yeah. it's hit still north is that Africa <laughs> It is Africa. Like, it is Africa. Africa is Africa. <laughs> North <laughs> Africa. I, you know, I mean, um, and th- there's this, like, new term, right, for the Middle East now. They've been saying it's called Southwest uh, South, Southwest Asia, North Africa. So it's SWANA. Terrible acronym. Sounds Stupid. very soft. But it's just to get away from the empirical stuff because Middle East is literally named Middle East because it's Middle East from the UK. So, <laughs> no, like, literally. It's very, it's very common sense. Yeah. Why is Ecuador named Ecuador? I mean, the Ecuador. It's, 
Mm-hmm. It's close to the equator. Is yeah. that is Something like that. that. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, if we're going to go off, like, actually Southwest Asia and North Africa, I think that really is a more cultural difference than what predominantly Africa is. Yeah. I think the northern parts are still, like, Italatsinen and Francatsinen, and, you know, like, there's still that. But then when we go deep into Africa, yes, it's more like French and as well. French as well, but China's really tapping into Africa at this point yeah. the most. Can't blame them, honestly. Africa yeah. is the wave of the future, man. Yeah. I mean, who's that rap guy? He just pretty much invested his whole life Acon? in Akon in yeah. Senegal. I, I respect for that guy. I, I need to see if he's actually doing that. If that's not he's just like doing a propaganda it, man. No, thing, he's doing it. He's, he's doing, doing it. it? Okay. I've seen some videos where he's actually got some street lights where they've never even seen a house light. Interesting. You know, so hey, more props to. Akon. I'm down to check. I'm down to check out Akon City. Are you, imagine the whole city is just like Akon's convict music. Like you enter the city, it's like, which is the convict sound, like the ones you enter locked. through the airport, yeah. like, and then like when you actually go to jail, it's a song locked up. Don't let. <laughs> how amazing of a city would that be? Sorry, I'm going off comedy, guys, but I love to like cope with like sad times with yeah. comedy. Um, and one of the things I did want to say, I know my time's limited, is that it's okay to laugh, it's okay to smile, even after, like, in, during grievance, because it's a coping mechanism. And the example I'll give you is in the 1990s, we had the best comedy. The best comedy, like Merbach and stuff, that, they all come out of the 90s, because yeah. it was a dark period for Armenian yeah. history. Like, it was yeah. literally dark. So, now it's okay to smile and stuff again, because we like staying sad and we like grieving, but this is the time to actually stop being victims and start acting. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hundred percent. As far as the churches go in Artsakh, do you think any of those will be protected, or they're going to be destroyed by? Well, let's look at who protects cultural heritage sites. Um, is it UNESCO? I believe it's UNESCO and UN. Do you trust any of these things? The anything with stars that you you is involved? I'm like, oh, Ed, uh, do you trust, trust anything? Period. Yeah, I, I do. mean the UN. I don't trust. If I do. I'm I opposite. trust some things. Yeah. I don't think he very little. Edgar trusts himself only. He doesn't even trust himself in the mirror. That's not. <laughs> that? That can't be me. Wait a minute. Wait a There's minute, no wait way I'm that that's good not, looking. That's, that's, not, that's, not what I, that's not what I looked like yesterday. Something's yeah. up. Beard grew again. Yeah, oh, like, gosh. Yeah, but the you part always so, scares me, bro. So let him finish what he was saying. Go you, for it. You, UNESCO. UNESCO. Yeah, if it, if it is UNESCO, let's say, um, I don't have a doubt in my mind they're going to do the same thing what they did to Jolfa Cemetery. Jolfa Cemetery is now turned into a military range because mm-hmm. a gun range in Nakhchivan now. So you think the actual are the, turned into that. the churches, the Vankid, all that stuff that's there, the Bert, they're all going to be just like completely destroyed, demolished? I mean, they've already started demolishing, uh, not demolishing, they've already started defacing, um, I can't pronounce this, Shushi Church, Khazan so I can't, I can't pronounce it, but the, the cathedral is, the, in the Shushi. Cathedral in yes, Shushi. It, the outside, it has a monument, um, and it's it's already, at this point, the head of the monument is not there. Some of the bells that we had, it's completely taken out. Um, was that taken out by them, or I thought Azaris. we took it out? No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. Some, it was this Azari guy that they, by... that they captured him, and they basically they killed him. Uh, that's That was a complete different story. <laughs> but uh, I was talking about uh, once they had re- gotten to Shushi, there were some parts of Shushi that they were defacing already, and then once Shushi fell completely, they took over the city. So all of the infrastructure is just still Armenian. So Dadevank, I think, is staying. I geolocated it on a map today because I was so sure that Dadevank stays in Armenia. I mean, stays in Nagorno-Karabakh, and I think it's staying. I think based because I heard it's literally a video on the board. of it, the you know the priest that that uh, Hovanes, yeah, he was saying that he got a call saying why are you taking any. Yeah, uh, cars out. Dagivank yeah. is staying where it is. Yeah, that that's the confusing part because like, and I'm a mapper, right? So 
like um sorry I, i'm so, i'm just checking all that i'm so rude but uh the map i'm a mapper so what we do in these scenarios like when, when i used to be a land surveyor is that you literally have to go get a surveyor and see where exactly the borders are because in scenarios like this it's very vague where your military bases are and this whole process is going to need like a land surveyor because how do you know where your border is the mountains are so thick and so like fast and i i've, I've noticed the uh the mapping of it it's it's not no. based off of like mountains. It's it's based more like now on like narrow roads, narrow roads, cra- like no more like um Crow. scar marks on mountains. So it's it's hard to and also when you got the Berzor area right, mm-hmm. that's whether it's going to be open for Azerbaijan to get from one side to the other. We don't know. So there's a lot of things about the map in itself that's very important. Like Tarivan Cologne, right? It, it would change the game completely if it falls on their side. We're running short on time. We got three minutes left until we call it a show. Do you want to elaborate on your checkmate, please, sir? I think it's time. I don't even know what we're talking about. I am curious. So before we before he gets into his old checkmate, Armun posted a, a couple hours ago. Um, he put an Armenian flag, and then he put a Russian flag, and then he put checkmate. You okay? Yeah, I'm just trying to fix this error real quick. Okay, but we're okay. I we're still live. Facebook's going to checkmate me now. <laughs> Bro, if we got disconnected for saying something, I'm going to lose my shit. No, but no. we're okay. We're okay. OBS is still pushing it. We're innocent. We're innocent. Yeah. Are we still live? Yeah, we're still yeah, live. We're still oh, live. No. We're still live. We're here. So um, as far as your checkmate, please elaborate. Right. Okay. So y- you guys all know what checkmate means, right? It's usually a, m- a move. Yeah. Shachmat. Shachmat, you make in chess where nobody's expecting it. Because this whole time we've been wondering why isn't our big daddy Russia uh, basically interfering and trying to stop the war or end the, like, end the war. But the war was technically between Azerbaijan and Artsakh, right? Not between Azerbaijan and Armenia, Correct. So essentially, Armenia had no business in the war, technically speaking, correct? Correct. By law. By law. Okay. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, a. Yeah, yeah. He's a law-abiding law citizen. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Gerard so, Butler. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and we we agreed to the fact, and you even brought this up earlier, that Putin doesn't have doesn't favor Pashinyan. He'd rather see one of his. Uh, one of his boys sitting in office versus Pashinyan, right? So knowing that, I think Pashinyan wanted to bring... I'm mean, sorry, uh, Putin wanted to bring Nikol on his knees, in a sense, to for him to admit that he can't win this war without Big Daddy. And initially, I don't think Nikol was willing to do that. He want, His ego was, mm-hmm. we're going to protect our little baby brother, Artsakh. We're going to do it without your help. And then he realized, shit, we're, you know, this is... Beyond David Goliath, yeah, inside and outside, like 100%. he was, he was outnumbered. Yeah. So, and if you guys remember, a couple of days ago, a Russian helicopter was shut down. Yeah. Did Russia make a statement? No. Yeah. What? Uh, not not an no. official. Not an official one. statement. Right. There official. was no official statement. The uh, Azeris or the Turks just made this vague apology statement, and, right? and they rep- they replied to that. Yeah. They replied to that. I'm sure Aliyev probably said it, it never happened. <laughs> this is fake news. This is fake news. This is accident. Yeah. Never so happened. Wasn't wasn't that behavior from Putin kind of unlike him to not Very. even say anything? Right. It's not the first time he's done it. But because, bro, this guy's been into politics for two thousand years. 
he doesn't. <laughs> there's a reason why he's still in power. He is Pangea. <laughs> okay, you're absolutely right. If you go back to what he said in his Tsar, you're absolutely right. It's possible. So there, there's a reason why this guy's in power till today. So I think the fact that he didn't even respond, if you read into it, that because he knew this deal that he he had put together as far as how can he legally get involved in this war without it looking like he's protecting Armenia over or uh, Artsakh over Azerbaijan, Okay. right? So what did he do? He put this deal together to give Aliyev Shushi, which Aliyev has had a hard-on for Shushi forever. It's like a checkpoint for him for another 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So he used Shushi as bait to convince Aliyev to sign this so that he could pretty much legally put his quote-unquote peacemakers in Artsakh, and now he has control over this whole situation. He has control control over the caucuses. Sorry, I keep on leaning back like I'm fat Joe. Yeah, (laughs) I should be leaning back, not you. You're skinny Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the wise Uh, man. So I'm I'm just a jahil in in a group of of OGs. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's to me that's the checkmate that uh, Putin was able to convince Erdogan and Aliyev because without Erdogan's blessing, Aliyev wouldn't sign this. Uh, for him to, and Erdogan probably knew this was going to backfire, but he said, let me just give this little puppy, this shushi that he's been wanting for so long so he could shut the fuck up already. And that's what he did. And now Putin is legally in there. He's going to control the whole the caucuses. And pretty much our army is not going to leave uh, shushi. After the fi- 15th is the deadline where we... Right, we hand it over to them. In two Ar- days. Armenia officially hands yeah. it over. Yes. So, our soldiers are not going to leave Shushi. Okay. And that that could potentially trigger Aliyev to fire to back. Fire. And what do you think is going to happen? If okay, he has to be a moron to fire back. That's the thing. I, I think I think this is good enough for him. He's not going to do anything. The reason why is because Shushi is already fully under their control. We don't have fighters in Shushi right now. Our soldiers are not there. They are no longer there. Where, what part of Artsakh are our shoulders, soldiers still? Uh, they're on the other side of, of that valley, Gorge, where there's another mountain. Mm-hmm. They're on the opposite side now. So all of Shushi, there's actually photos of um, Shushi's sign now turned into Shusha. Yeah. So that's the unfortunate reality of it. Well, but, but either way, Putin got what he wanted. Oh, yeah. He got what he wanted. And look, I think the fact that in business you have to cut your losses. And it's the same thing in in politics, when you've got so many young boys and well, it was ma- I think mainly men. I don't think any women were in the front lines dying. Were there? There were a few. A few. Okay. Maybe on a Pashinyan. That's about it. <laughs> it's Hakopian. Well, uh, but men, women, whoever. I, I think we lost way too many for the size of the yeah. country and military that we had. So I would have. He should have cut his losses even sooner. But better late than never. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity for us to... Because I, I, I heard so many conversations in the beginning of the war, only if we had five more years, seven more years to build our military. Well, we have that now. We have that opportunity now. And we have Putin who's indirectly backing us and, in a sense, protecting us. We need hopefully, to take advantage of this. Hopefully. We need to take advantage of this, we do. rebuild, stop the grieving, stop being the, playing the victim card, 
Forget about what happened 105 years ago, 2,000 years. Stop just constantly focus on how Think much we've lost. Think about what we can gain from this point on. Forget about the losses. It's tunnel vision basically looking towards the future at this That's point. It. There is That's no it. looking left, looking right, looking back. It's just basically tunnel vision looking forward. Um, guys, all, there's, I know there's a shit ton of questions. I wish we can get to all of them, but we're on a crunch as far as timing with Rich. Rich will come back... Um, Hopefully, what? What do you think? Maybe a couple weeks. Um, l- let's let's come back in like two weeks. Let's see how it takes. Let's see um, what happens in a couple. Unravel. Yeah, yeah, as more things unravel, it was uh, very educational, very fun sitting down and yes, chit chatting with course. you, uh, having you in, with us in person instead of on a on a screen. Uh, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your Thursday to be with us, man. We really, I, really do appreciate it. And I'm I'm truly proud to see such a young Armenian man so educated about. Our, our geopolitics and now you're starting to as you said educate and motivate our generation not just the new generation my generation even older <coughs> generation as far as to learn and edu- to understand what's going on rather than all we know is we had there was a genocide that's all we know 1915 that's There's all more. 99% of our people know and that's that's not enough, man. It's we, not enough. We are <laughs> we have six thousand years of history. Yeah. So keep 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 on doing what you do. Thank you, man. Um, I hope the anticipation of the checkmate was worth your time <laughs> and emotional stress. You know, you know what? <laughs> you know what'll trip everybody out if that shit actually happens. Yeah. No. I I love to. If if you think positively, you manifest. It will happen, and that's that's True. truly why I posted that earlier today. I'm not some. I'm not a political guy whatsoever. I don't understand politics. I'm just a simple guy. Uh, I love that you're saying this with the Trump hat on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why I'm a Trump hat. <laughs> I'm not a political guy. I'm not a political Forget guy. Forget about my t-shirt and my hat and everything else. Don't worry that my don't worry that my boxer say Trump on it. Don't worry about it. It's huge. So, uh, my my point is if if we if we really manifested we stop posting these negative you know just crying and whining yeah. and broken hearts black don't, hearts don't be the victim yeah the victim. stop playing the victim card I, I I promise you if we focus we support one another we can truly truly come back in five years ten years whenever hopefully we never have to fight but that'd be stupid to think that's not going to happen true we come back so much stronger that the next time around they truly think twice and ten times before they even attempt to ever attack us again. That That's what we have to do. Rich, any uh, plans in the future to be inside Armenia? I mean, the, yeah, I've been there every every summer since 20... I mean, I, I don't want to leave it on a cliffhanger, but I used to play for the Armenian national team, so I had to go in like Oh, you played year. basketball, right? Yeah, oh, so yes, yes. That, that got me a little spoiled. And he's not as young year. as you would think. He looks younger. I know. I, I look like I'm 12, but I'm 24. Well, there you Plus go. ten. So, but thanks for having me, guys. No, of seriously, course, like this was great. It was nice to just sit back and talk because I get stuck in my little research nook, and it's 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 a lot of info. We'll so have you thanks. back. We'll have you back in a couple of weeks, and hopefully, we could do a little bit of a. Hopefully, longer some podcast. of our viewers we, can go on his Instagram live. Hop yeah, on my lives. Yeah, hop yeah. On my lives. Hop on his lives. Instagram lives. We'll go ahead and pin it on this uh, Facebook page as well, but. Uh, when Rich has time, he'll go on to his Facebook, activate that Facebook again, uh, and he'll he'll answer some of these questions because there's a lot of people asking a lot of very interesting questions, and they would love to have some answers. And besides the IG world, there's a Facebook world as well, so let's not forget about it. I know. And MySpace. You know. and 
<laughs> I mean, AOL, don't MySpace, forget. I still have it. You've got me. <laughs> I still use Net Zero. <laughs> guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. We have a very, very, very special guest <laughs> coming Monday. He's bald, he has a beard, and yeah, he's very, very interesting he tends individual. To have frequent heart attacks. <laughs> His opinions might offend you, but hey, guys, um, Stepan's going to be with us on Monday, guys. So we'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay positive. Positive. Love you guys. Mwah. <laughs> Peace out.